Well, good morning and, and happy new year. You know, this is the first Sunday of 2024. For me, it felt like last Sunday should have been that Sunday, but it, but it wasn't. So here we are. It's 2024, the first Sunday. We're so thankful to have you join with us in worshiping Jesus on this first Sunday of 2024. And, and for those of you who may be visiting for the first time, uh, my name is George Olmstead. I serve as one of the pastors here on staff, and I have the privilege of sharing God's word with you this morning. Real quick show of hands, how many of you in the congregation have taken advantage of the Proverbs challenge? You are on track, you are trying, you are, you are taking the challenge. Great. Man, it's so excited to see that. Uh, if you're not familiar with the Proverbs challenge, what we have done is committed as a church to read through the book of Proverbs uh, in the month of January, taking one chapter a day in the book of Proverbs and reading it on the correlating day of the month. And by the end of January, we will have read uh, the entire book of Proverbs individually and as a congregation. And so it's not too late to join in. We want to encourage you to take the Proverbs challenge. You'll learn from it. You'll grow in it. And it'll be a, a wonderful opportunity. As a matter of fact, if you'll go and like our social media pages, uh, we actually are posting a reading of the Proverbs each day. And so you can join in in that uh, in, in that environment as well. I had a family reach out to me and said, man, we're using those videos as part of our devotions each and every night. So man, it's really cool. So join the Proverbs challenge. Uh, we're excited uh, to, to see that happen. Well, why Proverbs at the beginning of 2024? Why are we going to have a series in Proverbs? Well, if you're like me, you daily find yourselves in situations in which you need the Lord's discernment and direction. Uh, maybe it's in a family situation or a vocational situation. Maybe it's uh, you find yourself in the middle of a spiritual conversation and you're needing that, that wisdom. Or, or maybe it's just in any environment where you find yourself needing the wisdom of the Lord. You need discernment and direction. Because what happens a lot of times we find ourselves with the option uh, to either make the right choice or to make the wrong choice. And that wrong choice could lead to some unintended consequences. And so let me share an example with you this morning of which I encountered in fall of 2022. It's going to help us wrap our minds around the importance of making our decisions based on the Lord's will, His way, and being prepared through the wisdom He bestows upon us through His Word and His understanding. And so in fall 2022, Sarah and I and our children uh, we had been in Waco since June 2021, and we had found ourselves uh, settling in pretty well. Uh, I was beginning to hit my stride here at Fellowship. Uh, the boys and Gabrielle were, were loving their schools, the church, and they were settling into their friend groups. Sarah was going through a little bit of a career transition, but even in that, God was right in the middle of it. A, a door closed very quickly, and then another one opened uh, that same week, and we didn't even miss a beat, and she was able to, to transition well and be in a great place of, 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 of a work environment. And so, like I said, everything was going really well. But, but back up to spring of 2022, I, I received a phone call from a friend of ours who was a member of our church out in California in which we served. And we got the phone call that her husband 
was going had gotten some some uh, some health news and it was going to be terminal and, and he was going to pass away soon and uh, and so they had asked would I begin to prepare when I'd be willing to come out to lead the celebration of life service and and kind of lead uh, them through that and, and and walk that journey with them and of course man I absolutely uh, wanted to do that and so we made plans to to kind of stay in touch and as things progressed uh, we would we would begin to make more plans well uh, fast forward back to fall 2022 I get the phone call from this family uh, this gentleman our friend he he passed away, and so I make arrangements to fly out, and so it's going to be about in two weeks, and, and I get a phone call two weeks before I fly out, and it's from the elders of that church, the two of uh, the guys I've stayed in touch with, uh, I love very dearly, great uh, mentors of mine, and, and they said, hey man, would you be willing while you're out here to, to have a conversation about possibly um, becoming our senior pastor, and uh, man, that was the farthest thing from my mind in that moment. I just kind of told you what had been happening with our life here in Waco. And uh, in that, I, I had no desire or intentions of, of anything changing. Uh, but at the same time, I felt, man, you know, I love these men. I, I love this church. Uh, I, I know the, the Lord might be opening up at a door, and we don't ever want to shut that just in case. But uh, And so out of respect for them, I just said, hey, when I'm out there, let's get together with some folks. Let's have some conversations. Um, and, and we did that. And so I fly out, I do the service, we have the conversations, and I come back with an opportunity to pursue that position if I so desired. Uh, Well, obviously, I didn't pursue that. I'm standing here with you this morning. But we're using that as an example of we all face life decisions, don't we? And, And we need wisdom and maturity and discernment to be able to make changes uh, or, or to, to um, confront changes or de- situations that we may face each and every day. And not every decision we face is life-changing or life-altering, but they're all important. And so uh, we want to leave that story there for just a few moments. And we're going to get into our passage this morning, and then we'll revisit kind of how God helped Sarah and I war- work through and walk through that situation with wisdom. So today our text is found in Proverbs 1, verses 1 through 7. So if you want to turn your Bibles there, it'll also be on the screen. Uh, This speaks directly to how I was able to be prepared to make a decision based on wisdom and understanding from the Lord. But just as as importantly, it speaks to how each of us can gain and grow in wisdom and understanding to live a well-lived life for Jesus based on his truth his instruction, and his will. And really, don't you agree, this is where we should be as believers, continuously striving to be in his way, in his will? I think we would agree with that. I think that's what the Bible calls us to. So when we look at this, uh, we're going to read the entire text, and then we're going to walk through it together this morning. So let's pick up Proverbs chapter 1, verse 1. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to discern the sayings of understanding, to receive instruction in wise behavior, righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the naive, to the youth, knowledge, and discretion. A wise man will hear and increase in learning, and a man of understanding will acquire wise counsel, to understand a proverb and a figure, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. If I were you and you don't have that notated or highlighted in your Bible, I would circle, highlight that verse. I would hide it upon my heart so that I could recall it in my daily decisions. So in verse 1, we see what? The Proverbs of Solomon. 
And since we're going to be studying the book of Proverbs throughout the month of January, it's, it's important for us to look at the background of the book so that we can have a solid understanding of, of what we are studying, studying and, and the heart that is being shared from this book. And so this book is mostly made of wisdom gathered from King Solomon. And although there's a collection of sayings taken from other sources as well, Solomon is the main author of Proverbs. But he's not the one who compiled the book together. It was compiled years after his death, but, but he is attributed to the many Proverbs that are there. So who is this Solomon? Well, we know he's the son of David, but he became a, a king as a very, very young man. He, he wasn't perfect by any means, just as none of us are. But early in his reign, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream and asked him, what he should give to him. Man, what an awesome question by God, right? Hey, what do you want me to give you? 1 Kings 3, 6 through 9, we see Solomon's reply. Then Solomon said, you have shown great loving kindness to your servant David, my father, according as he walked before you in truth and righteousness and uprightness of heart towards you. And you have reserved for him this great loving kindness that you have given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. Now, O Lord, my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father, David. Yet I am but a little child. I do not know how to go out or come in. Your servant is in the midst of your people, which you have chosen, a great people who are too many to be numbered or counted. So give your servant an understanding heart to judge your people, to discern between good and evil. For who is able to judge this great people of yours? Man, what an ask of Solomon. He didn't ask for the riches of the world. He didn't ask for power or authority. He asked for wisdom. He asked for discernment. He knew he was beyond his scope of ability. He was out of his league. Yet God had called him to this. So how does the Lord answer Solomon's request? 1 Kings 3 verses 10 through 14 tells us, It was pleasing in the sight of the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. God said to him, Because you have asked this thing and have not asked for yourself long life, nor have asked riches for yourself, nor have you asked for the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself discernment to understand justice, behold, I have done according to your words. Behold, I have given you a wise and a discerning heart, so that there has been no one like you before you, nor shall one like you arise after you. I have also given you what you have not asked, both riches and honor. So there will not be any among the kings like you all your days. Highlight, underline verse 14, another great verse. If you walk in my ways, keep my statutes and commandments as your father David walked, then I will prolong your days. Solomon asked for wisdom, and God answered that prayer in abundance. As a matter of fact, 1 Kings 4 tells us that Solomon wrote over 3,000 Proverbs. He truly was the wisest man to ever walk this earth whose name wasn't Jesus of Nazareth. He was the wisest. So here's the deal. It's vital for you and me to glean from this book as we pursue wisdom and understanding And it will put us on a trajectory for a well-lived life. Do you desire a well-lived life? I do. But I only want the well-lived life according to the word. 
according to God's purpose for my life and the way that he's calling me to live it out. And I would pray and hope that that would be you as well. So in verse 1, we get to see uh, the background uh, of, I mean, sorry, the beginning of, of wisdom. We saw the background with Solomon, but now we get to look into the beginning of wisdom. And that's found in verse 7. So normally, what, how would we do a sermon? We would just kind of track through the passage verse by verse in order. But, but in this particular passage, it, it makes sense for us to jump to the key verse, then work our way back through verses 2 through 6, and finish back in verse 7. And so let me read verse 7a for you one more time. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Man, it is amazing to know that this phrase, the fear of the Lord, is mentioned 18 times throughout the book of Proverbs. And and we cannot move through this study of this book uh, without having a firm foundation of what it means to truly fear the Lord. Now, Now, typically, that word fear is used with that negative connotation, right? It's associated with, with a form of hurt or harm, and, and uh, maybe uh, it's used as when you're being attacked or that fear of disease or that fear of war or that fear of death or, or that fear of things that threaten us or threaten our way of life. Many of us are, are fearful of, of different things. For example, I'm going to give you one. Uh, for me, uh, uh, the Olmsteads here, we, we received one of those VR headsets for Christmas, pretty cool, man, pretty cool stuff. And uh, however you feel about it, it's, it's pretty fun. And so uh, Gabrielle's playing golf one morning and she's, she's hitting the golf ball. And, you know, I, I, she said, Daddy, I, I can't hit the golf ball the right way. And I can't find it. I don't know where it is. And, and so I take the headset and I put it on and, and man, I, I'm trying to find the ball and I locate the ball and I, and I go over and I take the little uh, handheld uh, controller and I bend over to, uh, to find the ball. I see it and it's on the ledge of a house. She hit the ball on top of the house. Not going to be a good golfer. But in that moment, I wasn't expecting that. I leaned down, and I see a 30-foot drop. Let me tell you, man, that thing's real. I took that headset off, and I said, good luck, honey. I can't do that. I felt like I was going to fall over the edge. I started trembling with fear and anxiety. I'm like, man, this is a dumb game. I'm never putting that thing on again. That, that, that's the fear I'm talking about that we're accustomed to. Well, Fortunately for us, that's not the type of fear that we are discovering here as we read Proverbs 1-7. As a matter of fact, it's, it's quite the opposite. It's, it is living with the awe of the Lord. It's this respectful reverence and attitude and heart for the one we are in awe of. Let's ask this question, why are we in awe of the Lord or why should we be? That answer for believers is, is really simple It's because of what he's done for us by bringing us into this right relationship with him through his son, Jesus Christ, in a relationship that we we truly don't deserve. He showed grace and mercy. He he forgave us of our sin. He he truly saved us and picked us out of the miry mud and said, hey, I want to give you new life with purpose and salvation and confidence. That's why we're in awe of this God that we serve, our creator, our savior. As a matter of fact, one of the best illustrations I've ever come across to explain this type of fear spoken of in our text is this. Think of a child who has a tremendous respect and love for his father. He he doesn't want to offend or displease his father. 
not because he's afraid of a discipline that he will receive, but because he loves his father. In fact, when he does disobey, he, he inst- instead of finding um, condemnation, he finds grace and restoration. And that further drives the respect that he has for his father. Uh, to fear God means that we have an awe and a respect towards the majesty of God. Not because we are in fear that he's going to torture us if we don't, no. It's rather because we recognize who he is and who we are. He is the creator, we are the creation. He is the giver of life, we are the receiver of life. He's the giver of forgiveness, we receive the forgiveness. He is God Almighty, we are his creation who should desire and who was created to worship him and know him intimately. That's the fear we're talking about here. This awe and admiration and respect. Proverbs 1, 7, 8 tells us the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And it is important to note that the word beginning is pointing to and emphasizing the fear of the Lord. I want you to hear that again. That word beginning in our passage is pointing to the, uh, the fear of the Lord, not to the word knowledge. Knowledge and wisdom is the outcome of our fear of the Lord. Because we fear the Lord, we get the privilege of being bestowed wisdom upon us. Boy, I'm so thankful for that this morning. Here's the deal. Any of us can obtain knowledge. There's a lot of useful knowledge out there. There's a lot of useless knowledge out there. And any of us can obtain any of the knowledge that we want. But knowledge apart from the fear of the Lord, it's out of place. As believers, we should desire and should pursue godly wisdom so we may experience a well-lived life for Jesus as we point others to him. So naturally, if the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge and wisdom, then it's pertinent that we have a relationship with the author of wisdom. The relationship begins where? With repentance and placing our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, being saved, being transformed by the power of the cross, entering into that personal relationship with that giver of life, the one who is the giver of wisdom, the one who gives us understanding, the one who grants forgiveness and, 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 and applies freedom from sin. So as we come into relationship with Christ, we're now able to do this. We're able to glean and truly understand the book of Proverbs. And let's caution ourselves. Let's make sure that we approach it correctly, that we approach the book of Proverbs with humility, with teachability, and with the fear of the Lord, knowing that he has wisdom to bestow upon us as we seek to live out a well-lived life with discernment, and the ability to make decision after decision that is holy and helpful in our everyday life. So here we have this firm understanding that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So let's look at the benefits of wisdom and and why we would want to pursue gaining it. In just a moment, we're going to take verses 2 through 6, and we're going to look at them individually. But it makes more sense for us right now to look at them thematically as a whole. And so we're going to identify four characteristics of biblical wisdom. And that's going to help us in turn 
see the benefits of pursuing and gaining and growing in the wisdom of the Lord. So first we see biblical wisdom is practical. As a matter of fact, Proverbs isn't full of a bunch of theology. It's, it's really a bunch of practical wisdom we live out every day. There is some theolo- theological things in there for sure, but it's more this practical living out of wisdom. The book of Proverbs was written to educate people with wisdom and instruction. So this characteristic of wisdom, it would conjure up this idea uh, of common sense. For example, how to cope with daily problems and occupational skills. This, this practical wisdom talked about here in this passage of Proverbs, it provides helpful benefits in all areas of life. For example, let's look, it talks about the areas of marriage. How should we speak to our spouse? How do we communicate expectations? How, how do we live as two imperfect people honoring and respecting each other's personalities while at the same time helping one another grow in the areas of the weaknesses that we have all at the same time while loving one another as God has called you to do that sounds crazy but that's what we're called to in marriage I want to live with an imperfect person that's different than me and we're supposed to figure this out yes and it's quite fun most of the time but if we don't have wisdom and we don't glean from Proverbs, guess what? We're going to be trying to do that in our own power and our own will, and that's, that's going to set us up for failure real quick. But not only in the areas of marriage, but in the area of vocation. This practical wisdom, how to perform your job with excellence and integrity, how to work well with others, how do I practice self, selflessness, how do, I, how do I join the team and, and bring unity and, and teamwork, how do I balance the responsibilities of my family and vocation well? I, I, can't give, I can't give all my time to both. How do I balance it to make sure that it's holy and healthy? It talks to the area of relationships and friendships, how to be a faithful friend, how to be that encourager, How to be the one who is considerate and thoughtful and life-giving to that relationship or friendship. Can I encourage you this morning? Do not be the friend that sucks the life out of the relationship. How about being the one that pours in? And you're known as the encourager, the one who can handle the hard questions. You can look at the situations of life and look at the Word of God and go, you know what, friend? Let me tell you, based on the wisdom that I've gained from the Word of God, I can point you in the right direction. It's important. Proverbs speaks how to practically gain and grow in wisdom so that you're able to provide godly advice and direction for those who are friends. But also as well in other relationships. You know we have other relationships which the Lord could use us to be his vessel and instrument of counsel and instruction to those in need. And what a privilege. Proverbs holds tremendous and beneficial, practical, and relevant advice. Not only does it talk about the practical advice, it offers intellectual knowledge. We see the intellectual characteristic, which again benefits the believer. We see the words, knowledge, and understanding. It's used multiple times here in these first seven verses. If you go back, you can just circle them, and they're, they're all through it. Our passage mentioned Proverbs is intended for both the young and the mature. Uh, the young need to learn because they haven't experienced much of life. But the mature believer is to do what? To increase in learning. And we'll speak to that in just a moment. No matter your age, your spiritual maturity this morning, it's prudent that we never outgrow our need to learn. In my studies this past week, I came across this statement written by another pastor. And he said this, and I want you to get your pencils out. I want you to write this down. I think it would be very beneficial to you. It's been beneficial to me in this last week. Living with a learning position helps to keep us humble. 
Living with a learning position helps to keep us humble. One more time. Living with a learning position helps to keep us humble. Every one of us should practice that art of learning during our time here on this earth. We should live out a never-ending adventure to gain wisdom. There's so much to be had. We can never acquire it all. We're on a lifelong process of gaining it. But not only do we see the practical and intellectual characteristic, but we see the moral characteristic as well. And, And Proverbs presses into the magnitude of importance one must place on a solid foundation in biblical morality. We would all agree this morning, there is right and there is wrong. We would agree that words such as learn instruction in righteousness, in justice, in equity, they all apply to the area of morality. You and I would agree as well this morning, we live in a world and a culture which gave up biblical morality a long time ago. We have an evil agenda after evil agenda pursuing the minds and the hearts of our children as well as believers of all ages. We see innocence being stripped away. We see worldliness being prioritized. We see self being the God of choice. In a society that is increasingly becoming more and more immoral every day, man, it would greatly benefit us to live out biblical morality in the areas of our speech, in our relationships, By practicing self-control and pursuing holiness and purity. Why? Because morality is vital to living a well-lived life for Jesus Christ. The book of Proverbs is also a book of Proverbs and riddles. And it, it speaks to these mysteries of life. There are some things in the Word of God that we will never, ever understand the depth of this side of heaven. But the book of Proverbs implores us to study for depth, to seek out to gain understanding and the meaning. Listen, these Proverbs and riddles, they're not necessarily easy to understand. As a matter of fact, they can be very difficult to find clarity in. And if you do not take the time to study the proverb in context and and desire to spend some time digging into what is being said, you're going to find yourself at a loss. Grant and I, as we're talking about this sermon series, like we both understood like teaching and preaching through the book of Proverbs is going to take some work. We're going to have to dig a little deeper to be able to explain kind of what's happening. But that expectation is not just for us, right? It's, it's for all of us as believers to enter into the book of Proverbs with this, this, this thought process of, man, I'm going, to, I'm going to seek out the mysteries of life. And we need to understand that Proverbs and wise sayings and riddles, these deep questions of life, they can be answered as one seeks the wisdom held in the book of Proverbs. But here's what we must understand. These things can only be understood when one is living out their life before the Lord according to his word. We must be seeking his will, his will, seeking his way. As a matter of fact, we need to be serving him and submitting to him and humbling ourselves before him coming to his word with that teachable and moldable attitude. Why? Because the mysteries of life are there to be understood. So as we've pointed out, these characteristics of wisdom, I want us to listen to verses 2 through 6 again and see if we can identify the characteristics of the proverb. Listen again to verse 2, looking with that, those things ahead of you. To know wisdom and instruction, to discern the sayings of understanding, 
to receive instruction in wise behavior, righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the naive, to the youth knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear an increase in learning, and a man of understanding will acquire wise counsel. To understand a proverb and a figure, the words of the wise and their riddles. Man, does that, does that make, make it make a little more sense? The practical, the intellectual. We see the, the mysteries of life. It's important. Verse 2 embodies these characteristics as it shares the purpose of why Proverbs is written. It was written to teach wisdom to the reader. It's important, it's important to understand that this is an impartation of knowledge. That when it's truly understood and applied through the lens of biblical living, it will lead to discernment producing godliness and holiness, which will lead to those same types of decisions. What does verse 3 tell us? It speaks to the practical, the intellectual, the moral characteristics of biblical wisdom. The instruction given in the book of Proverbs will allow the reader to understand the importance of correction. Folks, let me just encourage you this morning. Correction is the key to growing in biblical wisdom. We have to understand that being corrected is vital, but being corrected by the Word of God, not by the world. And being open to that correction, it is vital because that's what leads us to righteous living and understanding consequences for living in sin, while at the same time emphasizing the importance of doing what is right, what is just, and what is fair. And then verse 4, it speaks to these intellectual characteristics. It begins first with the naive. For, the word, for us, the word naive, it has negative connotations, but really naive really just means one who lacks in wisdom. And those who lack in wisdom, guess what? They can be easily swayed. Have you ever had no knowledge about something and you went into a conversation and you were trying, two people are going different ways, you're like, oh, this one, oh, oh, oh. You don't really know. The naive person is almost a blank slate. With a wise person's teaching and instruction, the naive person can become wise. But if they fall under that sway of an evil or foolish person, They'll be ensnared in temptation, and they will become a fool. So Proverbs is written to give the naive to help them avoid being swayed into foolishness. But verse 4 also addresses the young. They're naive. They need direction. They need challenges. They need instruction and discipline. They, they too need the book of Proverbs. As a matter of fact, much of the prologue of Proverbs is, is addressed directly to the young as a father gives advice to his son. Verse 5 then moves to the wise. And the wise are to increase in their learning. We can always use more guidance. We have never arrived in wisdom. Why? Because God's wisdom is limitless. We can always learn more. We can always become more like Christ. Everyone needs such instruction. Everyone, <coughs> sorry, everyone can become wiser than he is at this present moment. So these are the benefits of wisdom. Learning who God is. Learning how he rules the world. And responding accordingly by applying his knowledge. And gaining in and growing in wisdom according to his word. So verse 6 speaks of the characteristic of those mysteries of life. Telling us that proverbs and parables and the sayings of this book are key to gaining wisdom. So we must understand them. We must be able to discern what they mean. And how do we do that? We listen carefully. We pay close attention to them. 
And we do as Jesus says in the gospel and in Revelation, he who has ears, he must hear. It's the same thing right here. We can listen to instruction, right? We can even read advice. But the temptation is to never take it to heart, to never understand it. And what will that lead to? Foolishness. But we are striving for wisdom. And if we apply ourselves to understand, Proverbs is called riddles and parables, meaning that it's not obvious to discern the meaning. But when we study the verse and study the context and we pay close attention, verse 6 is actually an exhortation and a promise. Study hard, for the result is worth the effort. And when we think about it being worth the effort, we're able to see this, that the background lets us know we are gleaning from the Lord as he wrote through the wisest man in the world to us. The beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord, and the benefits of wisdom are for our gain in Christ. However we come to the final verse, we are there now. Verse 7, and we read of the battle for wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Who are these fools that despise wisdom and instruction? The fool is the perverse, the silly, the one who rejects God and anything from him. The fool is selfish and sees themselves as God and their own authority. The fool despises wisdom. The fool truly believes his way is the best and the only way. And the fool refuses to learn. He despises instruction. So when correction is brought his way, he refuses to receive it. The fool is far from God and the fool desires no part of God. So so here's the warning this morning about this battle. It's easy to identify the one who lives in foolishness, especially when they were outwardly opposed to the Lord and his wisdom. But what is truly frightening is the one who claims to know the Lord, the one who calls upon his name yet rejects the Lord's correction, rejects his teaching, rejects his wisdom, There's this battle for wisdom in which victory has already been won for the believer. We have the opportunity to grow in the knowledge and the wisdom of the Lord. We've been given freedom to fall in love with his word, to know our Savior deeply, to have such a relationship that is intimate with our creator. It is such a privilege to know that we have the answer to life's decision, the ability to discern some of life's greatest obstacles, the wisdom to navigate everyday life in a way that glorifies our Savior and gives us confidence of who we are because of Him. Remember this morning, God bestows the wisdom. I want us to to really get this. It's not the world that gives the wisdom. It's not even our circumstances or our experiences. No, no, it's not our circumstances or experiences. It's not the world. God grants the wisdom. And in his granting of that wisdom, he allows us to learn from our experiences, to learn from our mistakes, to receive correction and affirmation. It's all from him. Proverbs 1, 1 through 7, it sets the stage for you and me to decide if we want to fear the Lord so that we may gain and grow in wisdom or if we will choose to live in folly and follow the way of the foolish. So remember the story I opened up with? Fall 2022. The opportunity to become a senior pastor of a church I dearly loved, and to be reunited with friends in a church that was practically our family. 
Listen, when I returned from that trip, I, I spent a good week to 10 days, Sarah and I both praying, going back and forth, discussing the pros and the cons, and, and we sought the Lord's face. We desire to use the Lord's wisdom and, and not our own desires or our own memories or our own possibilities. We simply stuck to the wisdom he granted from his word. And through that, we were able to look at every aspect of our lives. We talked to our boys. We made list after list. We talked about family. We talked about and thought through everything we could think of. And when you are trying to discern and make a life-altering decision, the Lord is at work, but so is the enemy. Sarah was in the midst of a career change. It would have been so easy to, to say, oh my goodness, this is a perfect time to make a move. The financial offer that was laid upon the table was an opportunity to make more money in ministry than I've ever have. Our boys were settling in, but, but quite honestly, they hadn't bought in 100% as of fall 2022. They're a little gun shy that dad and mom might pick them up and move them again. And listen, I tell you all this because we truly had to make a decision. And, and we were able to make a confident and peaceful decision due to the wisdom that the Lord granted. He reminded us through our, his word. He reminded us through our prayers. And this is key, that any decision we made, as long as it was based on him and him alone, would be the correct decision. So we, we looked at the four characteristics of biblical wisdom. We looked at the practical, the intellectual, the moral, the mysteries of life, and they all lined up. As a matter of fact, Sarah and I were still hurting from the ministry that we came from outside of Houston. We had done the California living, and we knew the ins and outs of that and the financial hardships that it could bring. We understood the distance between family that, uh, that we so longed for while we were out there. We understood the political nature of ministry and schooling. We, we understood the moral commitment that we had made here to fellowship just a little over a year before. And we understood the toll that this could take on our boys if we decided to walk through the door of opportunity and in every life-altering decision that comes along with walking through that is the mystery, the unknown, the what-ifs, the calling, and everything else that involves. Now, church, I want you to hear me this morning. I only share this with you as a transparent and prayerfully helpful illustration as how much we relied on the wisdom of the Lord. And to encourage, and I want to encourage you to do the same when you look each day in the face. Because whether a small situation or a huge ordeal, the wisdom of the Lord is the best way to live your life. Now, of course, we didn't pursue that opportunity, not without much prayer and tears and, and understanding, but, but with confidence, the right thing to do was to stay here. It was the fear of the Lord that drove our decision. God, what would you have us to do? And you know what? Due to God's wisdom, his plan, his will, his way, he has affirmed that decision over and over again in the last 12 months. Now, I want you to hear this as we close this morning. God's word is much more powerful than any life experience or testimony that I can provide for you this morning. God's word, God's wisdom is more powerful than anything that I just shared with you. It's my prayer that you will jump aboard the Proverbs challenge in 2024. You'll begin 2024 seeking God's wisdom, seeking his will, seeking his way for your everyday life in him. My prayer is that you'll be intentional about finding ways to grow in wisdom, whether it be the men's winter conference coming up. Man, I cannot tell you how important that is to get the year started off right. Not because it's, we're offering a conference, because you have an opportunity to get along with God. 
to lead your family, to lead your workplace, to lead your church, to lead your community. Maybe it's being intentional about joining a Bible study that will kick off in February for the entire church. Maybe it means joining a life group so you can be in godly fellowship and prayer with other like-minded believers as you seek to grow in wisdom. Or maybe it's taking on discipleship partnerships. You being discipled or you discipling someone else or, or man, both taking place. Whatever it might be, God will lead you in that. But it's your responsibility and my responsibility to seek out wisdom that God has there waiting for us. Make a plan. Be intentional. So as you think about the wisdom of the well-lived life, think about this. It's on the screen. (coughs) The key to gaining and growing in wisdom for a well-lived life begins with fearing the Lord, then applying the knowledge of God's word through the understanding he has bestowed upon us. So we leave this morning with this. How will you choose to grow in wisdom moving forward? Do you desire the well-lived life? in Christ. Let us pray. God, we love you. We pray that your word has been a comfort this morning, an encouragement, a challenge. It's been a reminder. It's been faithful and true as it always is. What I pray is as church and as individuals, we seek wisdom that we will seek your name, your word, your will, and your way. Lord, for the one here this morning who, for the first time, heard the gospel truth that that you created them to worship you, that you sent your son to be the sacrifice for them. Lord, and they're desiring salvation and relationship, Lord, just simply in their heart. Allow them to repent of their sin, to place their faith and trust in you, to submit to your lordship, to submit to who you are, Savior and Creator. For the believer this morning, God, let us be people of wisdom, not of folly. Let us seek you and your word. We love you, Jesus. Amen.